Welcome back to Ball vs. Life. We have a very important episode today with all that's going on. We brought Josh in today and obviously got my co-host JC. So if you guys want to say hello to start with, let's start there. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on here and i um, honored to be able to kind of really talk through a lot of things and really unpack a lot of things and process through a lot of things today. Yes, welcome back, Josh. I mean, it was kind of an impromptu um, sort of um, situation with having to ask you, but we've been noticing a lot of um, um, activity that you've been involved with, mm-hmm. and we felt that it would just be a really, really great opportunity just to get pers- your perspective on things and, and share your experiences with a lot of the you know, the, the really uh, important topics that have, have been uh, been surfaced at least through the past week. Uh, with uh, George Floyd and all of that stuff. So thank sure. you so much for being uh, flexible. Yeah, on. definitely. No, of course. Yeah, we'll um, go through all the areas that we are because we are we do all live in separate areas. I mean, JC's yeah. in Northern California, currently in Sacramento. I'm in mm-hmm. LA, Pasadena specifically. Um, and Josh is obviously in Atlanta. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll start with you, Josh. Um, I mean, if you follow Josh on social media, he's been very active, you know, capturing a lot of poignant things and also pro- uh, protesting it been part of the the protesting so we wanted to kind of ask how things have been for you uh, in light of all these things that are happening with black lives matter and george floyd's murder so yeah, yeah josh um how's that been in atlanta yeah atlanta um so being born and raised here well kind of i was born and raised you know in the, a little bit north but um ever since college i pretty much lived in the city mm. and so um you know, everything that's happening is like a mile and a half away from where I am right now. So, um, like I was telling you guys off the pod, it's like, for one thing, um, you know, just this is my home, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. and there are so many black Americans that live in the city and that I interact with every day. And, um, and I think it was like, just all this was that was happening. And I I couldn't, I couldn't not do anything, you know, like, I couldn't just walk out onto my street and just be like oh you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go to target real quick and like come back in and just ignore everything that's happening around me you know and um so i think for me when i when i when i was trying to just be like man like i i think for me i've been really going through a lot of self-awareness and Mm -hmm. understanding my privilege and then i think that's what needs to happen with everyone right there needs Mm -hmm. to be a personal introspection right okay like I admit, like, I'm I'm not helping cause. I'm, mm-hmm. I might not be racist outright, but I'm not helping, right? I'm, mm-hmm. like, there's this the thing that's been saying, like, um, there's non-racist and then there's anti-racist. And what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Non-racist is, hey, I'm not racist to anyone, but I'm not going to do anything about it. The anti-racist is, like, I'm going to do everything I can to speak up and speak out against racism, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to go through that myself because I... I, I'm such a, I always made excuses for myself. I was like, man, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, what can I say? Like, I don't know how to do anything. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just, you know, I'm just this guy that makes a YouTube video here and there. But like, yeah. like, I don't have any, any, you know, I'm not into like, like rap music. Like, that was mm-hmm. my excuse. And I, I just really had to like confront my own kind of biases and just be like, like, you got to start somewhere, you know? And that's, mm-hmm. that's what it was for me. I mean, I think, um, that first day of protest, I, I just went out there and I just, I just went out to be with them and stand out with um, black Americans and just prayed over the city and like prayed over the safety of everyone. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know what to do, but like I just had my camera with me and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to capture some moments and hopefully encourages other people to, sh- to step out of their comfort zone and be like, you know what? I don't know what to do, but like, let's take that first step and um, and just educating yourself and just not stop making excuses because it's a real problem and um, it needs to be addressed. So I think that's yeah. I, I think a lot of the thoughts are still like kind of like <laughs> like yeah. just like, you know, just kind of jumble in my head but I guess initially that's kind of where my mind and my heart was um, as everything was was starting to happen well thanks for sharing sharing that Josh and I want to reiterate that we don't know the answers so this is just a dialogue because conversation is vitally important to further basically growth in your own mindset to Mm -hmm. basically help a cause you have to first put yourself in an uncomfortable place because this has become the point of this is in everyone's consciousness, right? It's right. what we do with that consciousness that's the next step. And it's fine to feel uncomfortable because being uncomfortable is a step for growth, right? Exactly. So it's inner growth to understand another point of view, to basically help. To understand another point of view is then to help. And then you can put tangible things to understanding, okay, why am I helping this other group? Do I understand the history behind it, right? Exactly. And that's a part of education. So next up, I, I want to ask JC, because we are speaking from an Asian-American point of view you know so um there's a lot of accountability too within asians to take so i kind of want to just ask jc first like where your headspace is uh, with all this stuff and i know you're currently in sacramento yeah but you're not you don't obviously like you don't live there full time it's just right now you you, your family is there so you're just during this covid time you're in sacramento so what's the the kind of beat there and your headspace right now so my headspace is kind of conflicted just because like what you said, I'm in a community that is not directly my community. This is my wife's community, and this is where she grew up with. And in many ways, I still feel like a, an outsider, just kind of staying here. Um, everybody's been friendly uh, since our time that we've been here, but you know, it's just not. This is not where I grew up. You know what I mean? So it's very, mm-hmm. it's very different. So seeing a lot of. Uh, the initial news about you know the the george floyd stuff and then seeing how things have escalated to my community back home in the bay area Mm. it's been a little bit of a struggle just because i feel so far away um from from everything um obviously it all kind of originated from minnesota that's where the the incident happened but you know it's just I, I feel like I'm I'm away from the pulse of my respective community mm-hmm. back in the Bay Area. So it's just kind of weird um, uh, to get it from the lens of the folks here up in northern, northern California. Mm. Um, so it's been a little challenging to kind of, you know, process everything through that. Mm. Um, you know, and like what Josh was saying, and I think we were talking about this a little bit prior to the pod, um, you know, I wish I could do more. Um, you know what I mean? But I understand the circumstances of where I am currently due to COVID. I'm not home. Plus it's well chronicled already in the pod that I have two little kids. So it's not like I can just kind of bail out and, uh, you know, go out there and and do what I can. So it's been a process for me to kind of see, uh, what I could do to kind of contribute to, to everything basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, Part of the the conversations that kind of started with us recording this pod is just like, you know what, this is what we do, right? This, you know, mm-hmm. we've been working on the pod for the past past year. Um, um, I know there's a lot of uh, uh, instances where folks want to uh, 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 
suggest and and um and and um really encourage listening which i think we're we, we can do we can do concurrently but at the same time use this platform of ours to actually continue the conversation um so my headspace is mm. at least since i feel like i'm not really doing as much as uh you know other people and i know i don't i shouldn't really use that as a reference uh use the platform that we have to kind of um you know share our perspective share my story i don't want to speak on behalf of you guys but mm-hmm. my story my experiences find parallels find ways to empathize with the experience i can never pretend to know the experience of uh, black life and being able through to to be in that that reality mm-hmm. um but it doesn't mean that i uh, that i i can't find ways to to share my experience and find ways to kind of find a a parallel there in and empathy so at least with with this episode um you know time permitting and if the conversation goes there maybe i could kind of share a couple of at least you know the challenges that i've, I've gone through and you know just kind of find um a, a common ground and i think that's the the biggest thing is you know with 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 having all of these conversations finding something where everybody can unite behind i think that's uh that's one way where we can get that uh, that conversation started so that's where i'm at man i feel kind of mm-hmm. helpless it's weird but you know yeah we i think i wonder <laughs> i want to touch on on a couple issues at hand which is <clears throat> racism and police brutality they're they're interlinked mm-hmm. in this case and we like to think of racism as something that's very obvious right mm-hmm. like you can point at a bigot a person who's who's a bigot and you can be like, well, that person's obviously racist because he makes racist marks. I mean, his actions are racist. Right. But racism is a very, very deep and multidimensional just um, topic, right? Or, yeah. or or something that we're dealing with. It's not it's not as easy as saying like, oh, like just point out, hey, George Floyd, that that cop murdering him is obviously a racist thing to do because it's not just police brutality, but he's targeting a black male. And this has been chronicled through history that this is this is a systematic thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about all the the differences in how we experience racism in our life and how we and ourselves could be complicit. And I'm not trying to put that on, guys on, that on you guys, but just in general, how it's possible that racism is embedded into our psyche, oh, yeah. but without knowing it. And that's where we need to become, like, as Josh said, like, the uncomfortable part is really talking to yourself and really admitting to a certain thoughts or things that you've had thought that could be racist and potentially is racist. And maybe it's not your fault. Maybe it's the system that we're in that's already rigged in a certain way for us to think that way. But yeah, um, but we but we have to acknowledge it, like you're mm-hmm. saying, right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think like. Um, I read a quote earlier from a friend's friend. I, d- I don't know her personally, but she said mm-hmm. some of the most un- uncomfortable and hurtful um, moments of racism were at the tables of people who opened their door to me, right? Like they were mm-hmm. the microaggressions, the the little like the digs, like those little moments that really just kind of ate at her. And that really, I mean, yeah, like that that was really powerful to me because um and and we all experience you know especially as asian americans in the in light like recently we all experience it but like we don't under we don't understand how 
we foster and harbor some of those things as well to mm-hmm. black Americans and um, and the privilege that even we have um, over them. Like one of the things I, 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 I forgot to mention earlier was like one thing that was really powerful for me was like, man, I was tired that one day, right? Like I was out there, I was like running around and like trying to be with people and like just kind of being cautious and like, oh man, like what is this? police think I'm going to do mm-hmm. you know like I don't know I'm, I'm an Asian dude innocent looking Asian dude but I was mm-hmm. still kind of because I'm protesting out there like I was able to come home comfort of my home and like close the door and not worry about it but then mm-hmm. I didn't realize the privilege I have to be able to just do that like black Americans have to struggle with the fact that like they could be in their own home and a cop could see them walking in there and be like you don't belong there I'm gonna I'm, I think you might have a weapon I'm gonna you know run in their attack and that's like a whole like you're saying that's a whole system of like a psyche that's built into their their mindset yeah. of of like oh man he's not dressed the way i think he should be he has to be a, a criminal mm-hmm. um and and that's and yeah that's and that's like what and i think that's what we have to remember that we're trying to change like that's what we're trying to change in terms of putting people in leadership that can really make those reforms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to ask JC this question since JC, you immigrated here and actually went to went to high school, which high school doesn't exist anymore um, in San Francisco. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it was it was it, let's just say it, I mean it was it was very um, was it like ethnically diverse, right? Um, so what was your experience going to high school in San Francisco and also dealing with? all these things growing up and being an immigrant and understanding what is your place in America and in that sense in America with racism. Yeah. So let me preface my my story to say that this is me sharing my own experience. I don't want to diminish the mm. the the main topic of, you know, the the black experience um but I can't speak on authority of that experience. I'm going to share my experience. I just want to preface that because mm-hmm. I want to make it about me. But since you asked, I mean, being a, re- a first generation Filipino immigrant, I mean, it was a really, really challenging experience for me. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I moved here when I was literally a preteen or just a teenager. Right. And that's such a tumultuous time. And a lot of the kids that you kind of uh, encounter at that point in time um they're not really educated about you know the dynamics and you know uh, of, of of racism i you know mm-hmm. i experienced racism even from my own particular ethnic group true you know, yeah. from from fellow asians and it was actually really a very frustrating experience just because i mean i come in to uh coming into america thinking that I was going to be experiencing something like Dawson's Creek, right? That would be, you know, freaking Katie Holmes with her her locker over there on the side, uh, you know, holding books and we're going to go to theater and all of that stuff. Uh, Unfortunately, um, given my my parents and their unfamiliarity with the system here, I mean, I just got slotted into the most... um, uh, the most urban environment in inner city San Francisco. <laughs> a lot of the the kids that I had gone to high school with actually were from the projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so the school was located um, um, in a nicer part of San Francisco, but since there was weren't any schools that were really close to the projects, they would literally bus in a lot of the the lower income kids. 
uh, mm. kids from the projects onto my school. Um, and it was just kind of like, uh, it, I mean, in many ways, it was just kind of like, um, you know, a really just, uh, a, you know, a, a really low income first generation immigrant experience. I think we had, mm-hmm. I would say, I would say about 50% African American or maybe 40%, then maybe 40% Mexican American because it was close to the mission in the city. Um, mm. And I would say maybe 10 to 15% Asian. Um, and I would say maybe like 2% uh, Caucasian kids. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it wasn't as diverse as you would think mm. um, mm-hmm. um, from what you would think traditionally would be the case. And it was a rough experience, man. I just feel like it was like you come in with expectations thinking that you're going to Dawson's Creek, but then you end up going to Dangerous Minds. And it was just a very tough transition, especially being marginalized by folks that I thought I could relate with just Mm. because ethnically we look the same together. Um, And, you know, there's just a lot of sort of, um, you know, negative connotations for folks that are just entering the country. Um, you know, you really are sort of considered a second class citizen. Um, and that I can kind of empathize with, you know, the black experience. Like, obviously, it's not the mm-hmm. same, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, you're an immigrant, you're, you know, you just, you know, in many ways, you don't belong here until you can prove that you belong here. People mm-hmm. are not going to say that, but in many ways, that's sort of the overarching sort of uh, narrative around it like you know or you you get sequestered into a certain sort of segment of society so it's a very very challenging reality to kind of um to kind of uh be introduced to into a new country Mm. and um you know i think it taught me a lot uh about myself it taught me about a lot about race relations and being able Mm -hmm. to kind of find empathy with other folks that are marginalized um, and it kind of, you know, makes you, makes me want to kind of do better and kind of exceed expectations, mm. uh, just because it's been such a rough experience. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to kind of really, um, uh, foster a lot of, uh, long-term relationships from that, that time. I mean, I was just kind of sorting who I, I was, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, but you know it was a very interesting experience um thanks for asking um i I, again i only come from the experience of sharing my my own experience i don't want to diminish that uh i don't know and it's just it sucks to to feel like a second class citizen i guess in summation like it just it just sucks to not have folks expect much from you and constantly feel like you have to to uh, prove to validate them people prove yeah. yourself prove something to to other folks um and you know it, in many ways it's kind of kind of given me a chip on my shoulder right mm-hmm. it's given mm-hmm. me like extra motivation to just kind of uh yeah tell people that you know <laughs> you thought i was going to be somewhere but i've kind of gotten past that i still mm-hmm. experience it to this day like i i you know i can't I, I don't think people perceive me as a threat per se, mm-hmm. and but at the same time, I think people get surprised uh, if they kind of learn more about you know, you know, pedigree or just where mm-hmm. where I am in life. And not that I've g- done anything, but I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah, you got two much... kids. That's a that's a lot. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think it's important that you share your 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 experience and contextualize a lot of the things that 
yes, you don't have the black experience. <laughs> yes, you don't have the black experience, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that are pervasive in society that we all deal with, right? But it's also, yeah. as Josh was alluding to earlier, we do have to acknowledge our privilege. But yeah. in acknowledging our privilege and understanding also from a minority perspective, and we, you, Josh, and I have a different minority expe- uh, mm-hmm. experience growing up For Asian sure. because we grew up in different areas too and yeah. in different environments. But within that understand on an even deeper level, like, look, we already see the disadvantages of being a minority, right? being a second class citizen as you said but this is this has been the black experience yeah <laughs> they yep. didn't choose to be here even they yeah. were enslaved yeah. here so yeah. they were actually embedded into american society but seen as a second class citizen whereas we immigrated here a little bit later and then had to assimilate into society um and that's the difficulty in understanding this this black experience that at the end of the day it's really hard to fully be able to relate we can yeah. we can continue to empathize and continue to educate ourselves in this and as josh said earlier is understanding your privilege and that's the most uncomfortable thing is yeah. understanding your privilege because at the end of the day when you understand your privilege you start to see like oh man like am i doing enough you know am i what am i doing to help other people who are disadvantaged right and yeah. that's the uncomfortableness that you are in because we spend most of our life trying to further our own life you know that's that's very important i don't want to um say that's wrong because you have to bring up your family you have to bring up your circumstances where you can help other other people in your life as well as yourself flourish right but there comes a point where you're like all right i've been privileged to be able to succeed what can i do especially with all this stuff going on you know george floyd and the protest um, and I, I want to turn our attention to the protests because there's a there's a big distinction that I want to talk about is the difference between protesters and looters, right? Um, and maybe Josh, I don't know if you want to talk about this, like um, yeah. the subject, because they're very different, and it's a very very dangerous notion to put the two together. For sure, because it takes away from what the conversation should be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to like give me your two cents on that. Yeah, um, I think it's it's such a it's such a touchy subject for me um because of the beautiful things i've seen during the protests and then and the and the truly people with a with a mission and a message right and who really want change um and then to see people coming in and taking advantage of that and Mm -hmm. um and in fact people who are intentionally trying to mm-hmm. take away from it um and it, it was really hard for me to grapple with because um yeah. the first day i was out at the the first day we had the um the protests and you know so i was like i said i just what am i doing i don't know what i'm doing out here like yeah. am i really contributing do they even care that i'm out here um but the next day the next morning that that first night um, there were looters, and I, I have a uh, my pastor, my senior pastor's family owns a a deli down there. They've had since two thousand two called Quan's Deli, and um, it got ransacked. Um, wow. The windows got broken in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people stole some laptops. They stole some some things here and there. And so the next morning, I went to help clean and just to kind of see kind of what was left behind. And you know, uh, it, it was so conflicting because and and. I, you know, I could be guilty of this too, of like that initial, like, what, what are people doing? You know, like, mm-hmm. why are you guys doing this? But then 
I was just, then I had to be confronted again. Like somebody called me out and I was like, um, on one hand, yeah, this destruction sucks and nobody wants this to happen. But um, on the other hand, there's so much more you have that we're fighting for, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like this, this, this like, and just kind of confliction of, of um, emotions, but needing to really come back down and fo- figure out w- what we need to focus on and what's really, really important. And, you know, we, we clean up the glass, you know, that, that morning was so important for me to be a part of because yeah. we were done cleaning the area within maybe three hours, like people wow. from all over wow. the, you know, the, the city, yeah. like eh, maybe a little bit more than that, but like it, like for their particular store, I got there at like 7.30 AM. We were done by, you know, cleaning up their store by like, you know, like 10.30, 11. Right. And nobody was hurt. Everyone was fine. But like. Um, really realizing that what's important isn't the glass that can be repaired or like cleaned up, but like the lies, the hundreds of years of oppression, right? Mm-hmm. That's been happening and continues to happen. Um, and then, you know, it gets even more complex when you realize there are like white supremacists and anarchists mm-hmm. that are just coming in and trying to take advantage of the situation. And so um, I've actually seen the next couple days and, um, after those first two nights where people were like, you know, the curfew was in and everyone was like, no, we're still going to be out here. We're going to protest. Yeah. But realizing that you got to be smart and understand that like people are when the night when the night falls, that's when mm-hmm. the trouble comes. Mm-hmm. So like tonight, like um, it, we everyone ended by like eight, eight thirty. All the organizers are trying to get everyone like, hey, guys, we have a more important mission Um mm-hmm so we need to work and and be smart about everything right like be smart about when you're out be smart about when you can come back um but then at the same time you see police still using force so it's just Mm -hmm. like it is it's such it's so raw right now i think and it's so like enraging and and we're seeing it firsthand in our face like i and 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 you're like you're mm-hmm. I'm enraged. Can you imagine the Black Americans who have been facing yeah. this? Yeah. I mean, I you know you hear stories of kids who have to be afraid since they're like four or five years old. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, uh, yeah. You, JC, for you, do you have any like thoughts uh, about what Josh just mentioned? Just the police. You know how they how how police can use their power for the worst basically you know um and and that's the thing that is kind of prevalent right now it's like the Mm -hmm. authoritarian government right which is where the power is they're wielding their power sometimes in very negative ways and i don't want to paint all cops as bad because that's also something that we need to we need to really talk about yeah that's just like saying all the looter all the protesters are like the the two looters out there yeah exactly exactly so we don't want to denigrate anything just because of a bad apple, but we still have to understand that there is things pervasive in society. Police brutality is not just one bad apple, <laughs> you know. It's how it's it is how a, they're taught. Yeah, yes, it's how exactly. the system is set up. What, so, is, was JC, it, do you have any feelings? Was it in Atlanta where they had uh, those two college students that yeah, were in that... their car, and then they were able to? I wanted to ask about that. I just kind of wanted to see what the reaction of the community. Oh, I was mean, with that specific instance. Yeah, it was. It was. It it was like just a shock that they 
did that i mean the whole community was like this is so freaking wrong and it was mm. just and it, you know what it is like the sad thing is it was their training kicking in because mm-hmm. those two those two police officers were also black americans and mm. even you know the mayor was like these two guys are good guys and just a lapse of judgment but that's but that's when you realize no that's their training kicking in mm-hmm. and why is their training that like why is that like the immediate response like why is everything a res- why is every response there you know it's like it, it should be de-escalation it should be control not yeah. let me freaking punch somebody's guy in the, some person's windows in and tase them and mm-hmm. force them to get out you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. that was that was such a clear example of like how systemic how it is. how systemic it is right yeah exactly and, yeah so sorry go ahead no, no, I, I was just kind of curious with, as to what what the vibe was. Because for me, when I saw that, I mean, and, you know, like, I was like, wait, like, wasn't this what we were we were discussing and protesting exactly. about? Like, they just, right. like, like, yeah, uh, given that it's so systemic and it was almost like a, a reflex. I know. Instead of, like, a, a, a so, sort of like a conscious decision makes you understand that it just is so embedded into all of these processes and the training that Mm -hmm. it it tells you how deep the issue is and that's Mm -hmm. why it's important to have these conversations because uh you know being mindful of where it comes from really is like the starting point just so that you can kind of work towards I, I work against that 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 reflex action mm-hmm. and i think that's where my reaction was to 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 that sort of perspective it's just like i mean where do we start you know what yeah. i mean like yeah, yeah like it it it, it 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 probably is like really a complete overhaul of all of these just flawed systemic you know processes mm-hmm. and that's going to take some time, yeah. but the conversation helps, um, I guess, uh, you know, jumpstart it. And I think mm-hmm. that's why everyone's trying to make, um, you know, trying to make a point that this is really something that we got, we got to do. I, I, I think, think what, yeah, what, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's just what's frustrating is like, we've had a lot of this happen before, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. Cap was bringing up all of these mm-hmm. concerns before. Here in San Francisco, that was such a huge thing, and people even were still divisive over him, over here. He's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody goes, you know, and, and, and supports that. But, like, so it's just like, you know, when is enough enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I hope that, you know, this doesn't just kind of, you know, just result in the same thing. And I, I think there's, like, a viral video of, you know i think christine posted something like that where like Mm -hmm. there's this older dude who's like in his mid-40s this dude in his 30s and this young kid and they're all kind of discussing like hey man something's got to change like my my generation failed to to fix that like you know what i mean so like i i think that's where where i'm at (laughs) uh with this kind of with with this it's just like (laughs) what do we got to do i like the points you're bringing up and i think the question of what do we have to do comes down to 
as Josh was pointing, you were pointing out, is like education, right, and reform. And what happens is when you ha- let's say let's put authority and also um, systemic racism in America in the forefront, right? When you have a belief that's in society that someone's a second-class citizen, or let's say you have a belief, let's say you're a police officer, you believe I'm the authoritarian, I'm the boss, I'm the one commanding, you will not engage in dialogue when mm-hmm. that possibility comes up. You're taught that. So you, what happens is, for example, those two um, college kids in, in the car, they were asking questions like, what are you guys doing? You know, like you guys are using excessive force or whatever. The guy who's doing it is like, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm here to regulate you. Exactly. You know, so stop asking me these questions because I'm not interested in the dialogue. I'm not yeah. interested in talking to you about like, hey, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. What that person in the car was trying to do was basically start a dialogue to be like, hey, guy, this is what I'm observing. Like, can you give me more information to be like, what are you doing? Like, if you had a just cause to do it, tell me, right? And right. then we can move on from there. But that's not what police officers in this instance seem like they were trained to do right which is why you see a lot of the good side is like when you see the 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 good stuff on social media or the good stuff permeating through the news where you have these officers or these police departments kneeling and having Mm -hmm. a conversation with the protesters and that's the opposite end of what we can do right we can we can make a good example of not all police officers are bad they do want to engage in conversation with the community to Mm -hmm. further the cause of equality and understanding right Mm -hmm. and i think that's the very thing that we need to focus on it's like if you close your mind to your biases right Mm -hmm. whatever it is we all have them we're not going to engage in honest dialogue we're not going to engage in it we already have our preconceived notions about what we want from the conversation if we even engage in a conversation exactly um and that's that's the stuff that is most important when we're talking about all this stuff that's going on um and I want to. I do want to move forward to talk about other things. Um, Josh, did you want to mention anything else? No. Um, yeah, I think you really hit it on the head, right? And I think um, that whole education part is huge. I think I, I myself am guilty of this, but I think mm-hmm. we always want to be like, "What do I need to do? What do I got to do? I need to go out there. I need, like, what's what do I need to do? Like, what what what's that thing? I oh, I need to use whatever. Um, and that's awesome. I love that energy, and um, that's. the really correct energy but like you said we have to listen and understand first and understand what those needs are before we feel like um we can go and explain it you know it's just it reminds me of just like the colonization mindset Mm -hmm. where it's like let me let me tell you how it should be fixed but like we really need to take that time to be like okay i need to understand the history i need to understand what the what steps need to be taken before i just go and do that so Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's where I, where I'm at right now. I'm at the like, okay, like, um, now I've kind of come confronted this, this reality of where I am in my head mm-hmm. and all the things that I've been like too silent about and not doing enough of. And now I'm like ready to do something, but, and then maybe I did like kind of overstep my bounds in a sense and like tried to make it my own fight when it wasn't my own fight but now I got to step back listen okay now where mm-hmm. can I go from here like what can I do to make this right because then you're just kind of like it's like your own thing it's almost like a, I don't really care about the cause I just want to do what I feel like I can contribute you know yeah. so that's kind of my um, thought on that mm-hmm. got any thoughts Tracy 
I, 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 I want to listen more, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, you know, just trying to find. And I think a lot of people, at least from social media, um, mm-hmm. are slowly trying to find ways uh, and, and share some different types of uh, resources where we can kind of educate ourselves a little bit better. Um, I haven't fact checked it, but at least, mm-hmm. you know, like what Josh was saying, it's the, the right energy, right? Um, yeah. Sharing some, some stuff other pods it could be films any types of media or just you know books to be able to just be able to understand that perspective a little bit better and um you know i'm guilty of it myself uh, you know because i talk about my own experience but at the same mm-hmm. time i need to be able to kind of set that aside and just say hey you know what it doesn't matter it's not about that right now and mm-hmm. be able to kind of you know uh, understand um, that particular experience, the black experience, um, given uh, that this is, you know, the time right now to to do so. So, well, I like what you said. I don't. I think there's an important key thing of sharing about your experience and relating it to somebody else's experience. It's oh, never sure. going to be the same. But that's kind of the the kind of the the point where you you anchor your understanding of somebody else, right? Because sometimes it's it's hard to anchor your understanding of someone else. We're all human. We all go through this experience to some degree, right? We understand pain. We understand, um, yeah, sadness. We understand fear. We understand these basic core principles, happiness, right? These basic core emotions and things, right? So just root, rooted in that, and then also expounding on on it, right? Through let's say you're an immigrant, right? Yeah. And you you you're even in Asians, you dealt with racism within Asians and outside of that, JC. Yeah. Um, mm. And understanding that can only bring you closer to somebody who is going through this right now. And the yeah. thing is this, right? It, you can tell yourself like, well, you know, it's not really my fight, right? But it is your fight. Mm. Any injustice is your fight. It's true. Even if it's not happening to your group of people or you specifically, it can. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, it feels like, hey, you know, far away, but one day that injustice can show up on at your door. If society is like this, it doesn't mean you are immune to it, mm. you know? So that's the thing where it feels like sometimes it's like, oh man, it's overwhelming. It's not really my place, but it is. It's a human it's problem that we have, you know? It's... We're focusing on America, right? But this is happening all over Everywhere. the world. Hong Kong. <laughs> Hong Kong's been going through it. They're pros exactly. at protests. And it's and you look at that and it's not like there's black and white we're yeah. dealing with. Yeah. Right? We still hate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's inequality. We're battling inequality. inequality. And in America, it's pervasive in black and white because again, I don't wanna history. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of resources and we'll link it into our description about things that you can read more and i'm just beginning to scratch a surface because look we were educated in america but our education is also very tailored right yeah so it's up to us as adults now to find more resources to find vet our own information that deeper you know helps us understand behind just let's say martin luther king and malcolm x right which which are revolutionaries but there is so much more to to Mm -hmm. understand within those causes right uh, even to understand more about MLK and Malcolm X, there's a lot, right? There's a lot there, you know, aside from just the stuff we learned when we were young. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's contextualizing it and understanding history. But to go back to finally, it's like this is a world problem, you know? So we can take a lot. Everyone can draw from something to understand 
hey, what black people are going through? What can we do as a hum- as humanity and mankind, right? To like mm-hmm. get rid of injustice, get rid of inequality. It- it's not just race. It's also social economic differences, classism mm-hmm. that is ca- causing this problem, ideology, stuff like that, right? To believe that you are right, to believe that you are chosen over somebody else right. is inherently what the issue is. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, I think your point is like Very if we can point. find something where it really elicits a, a sort of an emotion from our personal experience, it, it it just fosters that understanding of their experience a whole lot better, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a very, 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 very good point. And mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, 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 it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to find an analogy. It's like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a sports analogy well skipper right now i can't i can't i can't i can't i can't, go, I can't whip up a good one it's hard it's hard sorry, to come I'm with sorry. a sports analogy to, to 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 compare to this situation it's, it's like if you make a yeah. draft mistake so mm-hmm. you and you see another team make a draft mistake you know how how painful that is like it's mm-hmm. like oh we missed on luca that's too close it's too close yeah, for Josh. I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey we missed all kobe well jack can't say <laughs> oh yeah but um but but yeah man it's just yeah it's it's such a complex thing that's why i was kind of a little wary coming into this conversation but i do feel like you know we're, we're getting at good points and we're talking yeah. about it which is good and i think um just being okay with being wrong and learning mm-hmm. from it is important. I think there's mm-hmm. too much, there's too much pride. There's too much, um, there's too much hate and elitism in this world, you know, like in yeah. of like, there needs to be loving compassion and that's what really ch- changes hearts. Right. Because otherwise it's just, it's just, I'm always right. It's never, I'm always right. You're always wrong. It's, it's so much more, it's so much deeper than that. Yeah. yeah, and I think the final portion of this episode, I really want to talk about like things that you hope to do and things that you think, things that people can do to help yeah. further the cause. And we talked about this being, uh, yeah, I talked about this being a world problem, and it's not specifically just about racism because there's a lot of other dynamics with how oppression comes to be. But I want to particularly focus on Black Lives Matter and what black people african americans have had to deal with because to again to further their cause to help push this train that they've been trying to fight for mm-hmm. not just themselves but for everybody is helping us too right mm-hmm. we're in minorities and let's focus on that to be like what what can we do what can we you know even if you don't have money for example or there all the time in the world what can we do what do you plan to do to continue this forward um i think we'll, we'll start with jc yeah. And then we'll we'll and I'll 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 finish out the podcast. Yeah, put me cool. on a spot, bro. <laughs> I got a gem for you though. You know that you know that little viral clip with the the two kids, like the two toddlers running towards each other. Oh yeah. Very mm. different ethnicities, and they come yeah. at each other, hugging, and it was just so organic, and it just makes you smile. Yeah. And they run after each other. I don't know what that meme is, but like <laughs> it just makes you smile. So, at least for me. Coming from a, a father's perspective, I have mm. very, very young kids that are really, really malleable right now. They don't mm. know things yet. They can't process all of these things. Um, so I can really start close to home and just trying to be able to talk about these experiences and trying to yeah, man. not do 
and I don't want to put my parents on blast or the older generation <laughs> on blast. Yeah. Not do what they did because there's a lot of sort of discourse that's just kind of embedded. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the Asians, they're the model minority. You know, it's a it, it in many ways it almost felt like it was um they felt like they were um they were given a chance to go to another country and they feel like they need to just adjust to the the prevailing culture and just mm-hmm. kind of bend down and not really kind of question the, mm-hmm. the the issues, the systemic problems that it that was in that prevailing culture. Um, but being in the position that I am and being having experienced COVID, having experienced, you know, Black Lives Matter and all of this stuff, I'm in a position to be able to educate my kids a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Like, I, I would be lying to you if I had mm-hmm. a game plan in terms of what that is. But I do feel like that would be a, a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to break down this, you know, this long-time systemic, you know, process that's just kind of seeped into everybody's psyche. So mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that's a big, big thing yeah. to, that's huge, to man. Uh, uh, undergo. But... Hey man, they're a blank slate, so yeah. you know. Yeah. I could I could teach them to be grow up like Kings fans as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need to go that far. Josh is like uh, the Hawks. The Hawks can have the more Hawks people. Fans. Yeah, man. <laughs> or Hawks uh, fans, exactly. You know what I mean? But I'm, yeah. I'm just, yeah, and um, you know, they're too young right now to understand. But I think I I need to not I, I need to not forget this time. Mm-hmm. And have these conversations as they they grow older, and not reinforce these things. Yeah, and for sure. I just don't think my parents really knew better, mm-hmm. and yeah. that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's what I could do. Yeah. yeah. What about who's who's it? I throw the ball to. <laughs> we'll go with Josh. Food. Okay, Josh. Um, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, but I think for me, I think it's making that uh, uh, making the choice to be uncomfortable i think like Mm -hmm. um and that that covers a lot that's a huge thing so tomorrow morning i intend to go vote early vote and you know i did a little bit of research i would never have done that before um i'm gonna you know like just those little micro those tiny moments and understanding that you have a sphere of influence Mm -hmm. um i think these are these are really easy things we we can do right like we have a a sphere of influence whether we know it or not whether Mm -hmm. it's your parents and your brother your mm-hmm. sister or if it's like or if you have you know 20,000 followers on Instagram or you have millions of followers that you can talk to you know every day and they look to you for mm-hmm. as an example like starting there with your heart and your message has to change right so that's where I'm hopefully changing mm-hmm. and then also just um, doing that research on how to practically support whether it's like mm-hmm. supporting um, like donating to the NAACP or mm-hmm. Um, finding out where those black businesses are to really mm-hmm. support them um, and really making an effort um, and not just it's not just a trend right it's like yeah. it's a lifestyle change and understanding that um, you're gonna have to sacrifice a little bit for your for you know I think that's what I think a lot of our parents don't like can't understand right like why would you put yourself in danger why would you sacrifice everything that you've worked so hard for for these people you don't even know but um if you really do care and love people then that's what it is right you're you're giving 
you're kind of trying to help level the playing field and you're, you're going to have to give up a little bit and just realizing that. Um, and I'm not saying you have to like completely, you know, choose a, you know, I mean, you, there's so, there's so much space for us to give. Like we, mm-hmm. we hold on to so much, there's so much space for us to give. And just like, and I, I'm not condemning anybody. I think one mm-hmm. thing that's sometimes hard to see is when people are like, you're not doing enough. Like, yeah. And it scares people away, right? It mm-hmm. scares people yeah. away. And yeah. um, there, some some people can handle that, but a lot of people can't handle that. So just really, hope, hopefully people can just realize that let's let's take these steps and figure out, okay, I'm here right now. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm, that's not, because I'm not there doesn't mean I can't take that first step. Um, so that's, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys kind of stole all my answers. Um. Yes, we knew <laughs> well, it. Uh, nice job. <laughs> that's why I was like, man, should I go last time? <laughs> Well, I kind of want to summarize the things that you said and and, and maybe add a little bit of mine. Um, What JC said is so important, the next generation, right? Yeah. The next generation is very important because it's it's teaching the next generation. You have a direct influence on your kids, JC. And and Justin and I don't have kids, so we're not at that place. But I mean, yeah, you could influence your dog. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you have a direct influence on your kids and you can raise them in the way that you hope that they can be a contributing factor in society, right? Their mindset, their ideology, and stuff like that. So that's so important. And and what Josh said about being accountable and also understanding the process of everybody is different too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to, when you understand your own process, it's unfair to push your process onto someone else because your process will always be different than anybody, any somebody else. You know, if they're not donating now, they may donate later, right? If they're not in the position now, they might do it later. But as long as they're open to it, they're they're thinking about it, they're mm-hmm. making plans, being strategic. And not the other thing I want to say is, you do it feels hopeless now, right? It feels like man, like how do you fight against all this stuff that's been built up for years, right? It, it's it's that's the helplessness and powerlessness I feel. But voting matters, right? Filling out your cons- consensus is matters. Census is matters because it puts you onto the map. Mm-hmm. It puts your voice onto the map. When you educate yourself to go to your local communities, not just on a federal level, to understand who you're voting for, what they stand for, it happens at the state level and the local level first. For example, your police, your police department, right? Who's running it? right who's who's your prosecutors mm-hmm. these people that are are going to be prosecuted there is somebody a prosecutor fighting for them right what do they what do they stand for what 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 are these things in your community that are there right you can change them it might not happen overnight but with a vote it's a cumulative effect right it'll it'll start to happen in time and and it's very difficult to understand that very difficult for me to understand that because i'm like dude this shit is not changing at all, yeah. you know? Like, it's, it only feels like it's getting worse. But that's the grand experiment of what America is, right? Mm. We have all these races, all these different things working. Can we reach a point of understanding and enact policies and enact a law that really is equal, that will treat us all fairly, right? And we have a lot of mechanisms working against that, but we, all have, we also have a lot of mechanisms working for it. Yep. And you... Josh, JC, I, we want to be positive contributors toward that, right? So with that said, we also will provide a lot of links in our description um, uh, that you can, you know, you can put your put your money into something good or you can support black businesses and stuff like that. 
we'll you can that all simply click a you know a protest yeah. and sign your name yeah yeah, yeah. and that's powerful I, to, to downplay that that's not powerful it is is foolish because you're yeah. just like well it's, it's just a signature but when you have millions upon millions of signatures it only signifies how important it is to the people right mm-hmm. yeah and that's what that's what we want we want the people to run the government and not the government to run the people right. although it doesn't feel that way uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so do you have any final thoughts each of you before we we close this important episode out black lives matter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just start start your journey um, yeah, man. and everybody has a different journey in terms of trying to improve the world and do what you can and doesn't have to be big doesn't doesn't matter if it's quote unquote small just do what you can mm-hmm. talk about it yeah thank thank you guys for coming on and being like transparent and honest about where you both are at this place because again there's no right answers or we don't have the answers yet we're tra- all trying to figure it out and that's the most important thing it's like we have been starting this process and we've been continuing on it and now it's time to keep pushing forward um, so thank you for your honesty, guys. Um, yeah. We're not going to promote anything because it's not the purpose of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, not in a promotional way, like if you follow Josh, Mr. Fu, um, he has some really pointed pictures that really encapsulate. No, I, I, it's real talk. You know, like yeah. I'm thanks, speaking thanks. from honesty. It's like you really capture a lot of, a lot of interesting things on your on your uh, on your pictures that yeah. really encapsulate what's going on in Atlanta specifically and all over the world because this is happening. All over U.S. I mean, all over the U.S. Not just and your now city. Paris and Tokyo. Yeah, and yes. exactly. So these pictures that are also not just your pictures, like there are you know, news agencies and other people taking pointed photos that yeah. really show, hey, we're in this together. We got to we got to keep pushing this train forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we had all these people before us doing it. It's, it's, sto- on, it's on us now. The stories tell, told in those photos, man, are just mm-hmm. so rich. I, mm-hmm. I got to give you props. That Molotov Thanks, cocktail in the hippie. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Gosh, that was yeah. wild, wasn't it? That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's I, it's kind of crazy that we're kind of living through this because this is history, and and we hope I hope that you know we can come out of this on the right side of history, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like these these changes that are made. I hope. You know, I really pray for change, like truly, mm-hmm. truly have some change. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just one, one glimmering hope that comes out of this is just to see how many people care about people and really want to, you know, want to see some change. So I just yeah. hope that it continues. And, and then, you know, we, that's all on ourselves to really challenge ourselves daily to um, ask those questions and kind of, um, seek justice in everything we do so yeah I, I, I wanted to finish with this and it's going to sound a little cheesy but <laughs> base your actions and your thoughts out of love okay and I'm going to make this analogy um, first of all you have to see yourself in everybody else mm-hmm. you know you are human and someone else is human right yeah. it's this we might have different experiences but we are the same and secondly, when you base your decisions and your thoughts and stuff about love, you, you develop compassion. But beyond that is you think outside of your self-interest. Um, I'll make an example of, of JC being a dad, right? When you have kids and you treat any other human like your kids, you will go to bat for them. You will die for them. That's acting out of your own self-interest. You know, you don't think about yourself because it's natural. It seems natural to be like, oh, they're my kids. I will do anything, right? And, and that's what if you think from a perspective of love, 
you will develop for other people beyond just your kids for humanity and that's what we need and that's it does sound cheesy but it's true though so i'll kind of end with that and i want to thank you guys again for coming on and we hope the people that are tuning in that you know you're you're also with us and we thank you for for listening to our thoughts and being open to them so we'll catch you guys on the next episode um bye see you guys later peace